0: what is good everybody welcome to another gold diggers podcast part of the niners nation podcast network i am rob stats guerrera she is michelle Majuk. what's up michelle
1: hey hey come on like how excited are you right now this is massive we're still sitting here going into nfc championship week and we're still talking about a 49ers game that's coming up how excited are you i'm
0: freaking out I am freaking out. I've been messaging you in all caps about this game. How, like, <laughs> we could be in the Super Bowl. This is insane. They were three and five after eight games this year, and they are one game away from the Super Bowl, playing a team they know super well, who they've beaten six straight times. Make it make sense.
1: It's so funny because the first matchup of the year against the Rams going into week 10, we were like, yeah, the 49er season's pretty much done. Not much hope, even if they squeeze into the playoffs, like not very promising. And then they come in the week 10, blow it up, and they look like a completely different team. And since then, it's like, look at them go. You should have saw me watch this game last week. I was a psychopath, a psychopath <laughs> during that game. And I was like, what is happening to me? I like, I couldn't even breathe at the end of that game. Uh, I, I was freaking out. But very excited to watch them this week because I actually think... Like, this is the best matchup you could have got. I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent chance you're going to win, but it's the best matchup. Like, I did not want the 49ers to have to face Tom Brady. I've said this many times. I know they didn't look good out there, but I never trust any team against Tom Brady. And then Brady still almost came back. Like the Rams were destroying them. And somehow Tom Brady still made it a game. I mean, it was because of the Rams four turnovers, but it's just like football gods love Tom Brady.
0: It is like, I don't know what kind of voodoo deal he worked out, but like (laughs) when that was happening, I was like, there's no way Brady's going to lose this game. I give a lot of credit to Matt Stafford for making a big throw at the end of that game, you must've been freaking out watching the Niners because your wife, Kate sent me a message. That says Michelle is rooting so hard for the 49ers and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so that's how crazy you were going. I, like like I said, I really on the was. Instant Reacts, when you hopped in, there's plenty of room on the Niners bandwagon. Like, come aboard. You can come over. It's okay.
1: I, I'm there. Um, I've already jumped on. I don't care if I'm called the bandwagon fan. I'm here and I'm doing yes. it and I'm going to be... Man, they better win though. Now that I have, like, now that I'm so high up here with the 49ers, like, don't mm-hmm. let me down. Don't let me down.
0: We remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Uh, we have been crushing it lately. We had our biggest month ever in December, and we have blown past that in January by over a hundred thousand downloads. We are so so grateful for your support. Leave a five star rating and review like this one from Brewster H. Five-star review, best 49ers podcast. I regularly listen to four 49ers podcasts, and Niners Nation is by far the best. What distinguishes it is the breadth and of contributors who provide an extraordinary variety of perspectives and insights into the game as well as the team. I especially enjoy the point-counterpoint dialogue between Rob and Levin. No matter whom you agree with, it's always entertaining and often amusing. Kudos to Rob for putting it all together and ensuring a consistent quality of content. Keep up the excellent work, hopefully, with the Niners going all the way to the Super Bowl Shout out to you, Brewster H., for using the words breadth and whom in the same review. That's impressive.
1: Very nice. People love you in Levin. You got, you got something going there.
0: The human wet blanket, Levin Black, as I like to call him. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you haven't, uh, we had Joe Staley again for the third straight week. Shout out to Joe Staley, who refuses to miss the podcast because when he came on, they won. So he's like, they're winning. I'm, I'm going to stay on the show. So he is committed, which we appreciate. You can watch that on the Niners Nation YouTube page or download it anywhere you get your podcast. Oh, Michelle, four quarters away against the Rams. Every day, if you talk to me hour by hour, I'll go, look, the Niners have beaten him six straight times. They're going to beat him a seven. What's going to change now that's going to make it any different? And then I'm like, next hour well, it's really hard to beat a team seven times in a row. I don't know. The secondary is a little shaky, like depending on what you ask me, I'm totally different in my feeling about this game.
1: Yeah. And I I don't think it's actually, I'm not worried about the streak, right? It doesn't mean you have to lose and uh, plenty of teams beat a team three times in a season. Like it happens more often than you think. Uh, So I'm not so much worried about the streak. I just think they need to Kyle Shanahan's favorite word execute because they have all the pieces in place to beat this team keep doing what you've been doing like don't overthink it because you know in the two games that they faced matthew stafford they did not blitz very often at like all it was like a 12 percent blitz rate and that's what you have to keep doing don't overthink it because matthew stafford Against the blitz is elite, like elite, elite. But if you don't blitz him, he has a he struggles way harder. Like 16 of his interceptions came when a team did not blitz him. So, and that's where the 49ers really shine as well. So I think if you just stick with your game plan, don't switch things up, don't overthink it. Like you have this in the bag, like you can mess up with Matthew Stafford. Like playing against him, he has struggled hard against the 49ers. Just keep up with your game plan. Um, and the defense has a pieces in place to do this. The offense says as well, it's there for them. just just go out and do it.
0: That's one of the most encouraging things. You know, everybody's banged up at this time of year. But from what we know, it seems like the 49ers defensive line is in a really good place. Armstead seems to be healthy and he is absolutely destroying people on the middle of that defensive line. Bosa looks like he's healthy. Arden Key, even Charles Amenhu has been getting pressure. Jordan Willis has been unbelievable in these playoffs. The most important part of the, of the Niners, the defensive line, seems to be in good shape for this one, which I agree. Like The entire game hinges on whether or not that line can get pressure with just four because if they can... That's when the 49ers defense can really, really hurt you. And if they can't, it could be a long day. So I agree with you. But at least from that perspective, like they are healthy in the most important spot.
1: Yeah. And the 49ers have a 30 and a half quarterback pressure percent with four or fewer rushers. And that's the highest in the NFL, including the playoffs. So like they can do it. And like you said, Eric Armstead has been a complete beast this postseason, nine quarterback pressures, which is the second most in the postseason. But the 49ers have five players this postseason with six plus quarterback pressures, which no other postseason team even has more than two. And they have five. Like insane. Everyone's just been killing it out there. And that's exactly what they're going to need to do. They need to get pressure on Stafford without blitzing. And they've shown they can do it all season long. So just go out there and do it. Like I said, I know I'm acting like it's so easy, but <laughs> you've, you've shown you can do it. So there's no reason to not be able to do it in this game.
0: The Niners defense has been really awesome at disguising things, and especially against the Packers. What they did was they took their two linebackers and they brought them right up to the line of scrimmage right before the snap. And when we were talking to Joe Staley about this this week, he said that messes with a lot of things. It messes with your offensive line because they can't figure out who to block until those linebackers declare. So if the linebackers are blitzing, that changes who the offensive line has to block. And if they drop back, it changes it too. But in the meantime, the Niners are combining that with games along the defensive line, stunts and things like that where linemen are, are flip-flopping and moving all over the place. So when you have the offensive line checking the linebackers to see what they're going to do while also having to deal with this defensive line who's moving all over the place, it really creates a lot of confusion for the offensive line and for the quarterback who also has to pay attention to those linebackers, and I think it just – it slows everything down from an offensive perspective just long enough to protect the 49ers secondary, while at the same time giving that pass rush more time to get to the quarterback. It's a really incredible combination. D'Amico Ryans has been absolutely in his bag this postseason, really starting with the second half of the Rams game in week 18. Since that time, the Niners defense in uh, 10 quarters, excuse me, has given up 34 points. That's ridiculously good and I think they're going to continue that against the Rams and I think like D'Amico has found the secret sauce so to speak and hopefully it continues this week
1: yeah what D'Amico has done to clearly make adjustments in the second half of the season and figure out a way to not get killed by that secondary like that secondary is still rough with the pieces you have like those are some weak pieces but they haven't been like they haven't been destroyed because of the adjustments that Ryan's has made which is just truly impressive to have a guy like that that's willing to get creative and figure out ways you know to hide those weaknesses there's not a lot of coaches that actually do that uh so yeah he's been killing it this year hopefully the 49ers can hold on to him and don't lose him right after the season know. Cause that would suck.
0: What I've been saying is like, how has Eric B been allowed to continue coordinating for Patrick Mahomes for like all these years. Meanwhile, we can't have D'Amico Ryans for two seasons. Come on. That's just not right.
1: Yeah. I think he's going to be stolen from you, which he deserves it yes, happy he does. for him, but yeah, it would be great if he would just stick around. Like maybe he just wants to stay a defensive coordinator. You don't know. S- stick around with Kyle Shanahan, 49ers.
0: It would be, hope. I mean, like that, because then you're talking about like a situation where you're bringing back this team. You have Shanahan coming back on the offense, D'Amico on the defense. You got to assume that their secondary would be better next year. Like, it's all set up for them to have a hell of a run in the NFC. Uh, But I don't want to get ahead of myself and put the cart before the horse. They still obviously have to win two more games before we get to any of that. The offense for the 49ers has sort of flown under the radar, Michelle. They have two offensive touchdown drives in the entire playoffs, and one is a one-play drive that was a 26-yard touchdown run by Debo Samuel. So this offense has not been good in the playoffs. I have a hard time thinking that Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to have three bad games in a row. Is that crazy?
1: It all comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's like... I know 49ers fans, there's a group of them that just will not accept that Jimmy Garoppolo has struggled in the postseason. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, either watch the games or look at the stats. They are terrible. I mean, not (laughs) even just not even just bad. It's the worst of the worst. I mean, I've tweeted out about his stats. I'm sure you've seen it, but I mean, he's last in passing attempts per game, passing yards per game, pass touchdowns, pass touchdown interception ratio among all quarterbacks with five plus starts in the playoffs since 2000 like what he has done has not been good it's just I'm not saying he can't have a good playoff game I truly believe he can he hasn't shown it to us yet so relax when someone tells you Jimmy Garoppolo has not been good in the playoffs you you can just handle that right we're not saying he can't have a good game he hasn't been good yet but no he's been I mean his numbers this offseason have been pretty brutal zero touchdowns two interceptions 6.9 pass yards per attempt. Not good. And Stafford has been uh, electric, really. Like he's been killing it in the postseason. So, completely two different quarterbacks here. Garoppolo's going to have to step up. You know, we can't have those drops like we had in the beginning of the game. Like that can't happen because Grapple actually had good passes. You got to catch him, right? So, it all comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo, really, in this game.
0: Stunner. Imagine that the quarterback kind of important. I agree with you. Like early in the Packers game, I actually thought the only guy that was that came out ready to go was jimmy the defense great got, yeah the defense got steamrolled on the packers opening drive and jimmy was coming out and he was putting throws on people that dropped to kittle is un, I, every time i watch it i can't believe oh, george dropped it i mean my god and then the throw he makes right after that to jennings on the third down play is a great throw kyle shanahan said actually it's one of the best throws he's ever seen which i think maybe is overstating things just a bit. But, I mean, Jimmy was, he came out ready to go, and the receivers let him down a little bit. Now, I think as the game went along, Jimmy got worse. That was a scary thing yeah. to me. I don't know if if the, the thumb and the shoulder became an issue as it got colder there, or, you know, the weather with the snow. I don't know what it was. But that play to Kittle is hideously bad. That interception is so bad. Yes, he does have Kittle open, but it takes him so long to to throw it. I don't know why he continued to roll out to his right. Like, just stop where you are, plant your feet, and chuck that thing. It was just a back-breaking interception, and he could have had multiple other ones in the game. He's thrown these balls out to the flat, Michelle, that are so late and oh, so yeah. wobbly. Oh, yeah, there was multiple
1: pick sixes. Multiple pick sixes right there, yeah.
0: Aikman was sitting there like, I can't believe this. He's like, what is he doing? And the scary thing is, it actually came up this week, which I love that somebody finally asked him about this. They asked him, like, why don't you ever throw the ball away? Because he never, if you think about it, he never throws the ball away. Like, he'll never just chuck it out of bounds and live to play another day. He always forces it into traffic. And he, like, his answer was basically like, well, you, you want to throw it away if you have to. But if you don't have to, you want to take a chance. And it's like, no, you don't want to take a chance, Jimmy. You do want to throw it away. The only thing that stops the 49ers offense is turnovers. That's it. And I just like, even if he doesn't throw a touchdown in this game, just don't turn it over. Can we have one playoff game where we don't have a crushing game changing interception? Is that too
1: much to ask? I think uh, a big key here is when you get down inside the five yard line near the goal line, can you please not have a pre snap penalty? Like. Yes. huge huge deal on both of those that's the reason why jimmy Garoppolo threw the like you can't throw the interception either but they were inside the five yard line and then they got pushed all the way back to like the 20 at that point point. and then they did it again later on i think both penalties may have been on trent williams but he needs to i know trent williams is amazing but overall the entire line needs to just make sure you know what we're so close here let's not make jimmy Garoppolo throw Right. Like, let's keep running the ball because you had what had three chances just running into the end zone. So you can't do that, especially twice in a game, because that's going to kill you against the team like the Rams. Like, I think they'll be able to score like 49ers uh, defense has been incredible, but I think, you know, they'll put up some points. So you can't do the same thing expecting to go into this game winning without an offensive touchdown. Like, I just can't believe they even beat the Packers doing that. Absolutely wild. But yeah, you got to you gotta eliminate those mistakes down there.
0: Yeah, they had the Trent Williams penalty that pushed him back. And then Elijah Mitchell runs it inside the five and they call offensive face mask, which they like oh, never yeah, call. Was. That was a crushing penalty. But yeah, that pushed him back and that set up, you know, disaster basically for the 49ers. So they need to get down. They need to cash in on the red zone chances. I agree. I think the Rams are going to score a little in this game, but I just... I don't know why. Like, I was ner- – I picked the Packers to win last week. I was nervous going into that game, but I just – maybe I'm biased by the recent games against the Rams, but I, I really hope – that I just think that they're going to be able to move the ball. I know the Rams' defensive line is great, and Trent's banged up, and all that stuff, but I just – I have confidence. You know, I, I hate to keep referencing it because it sounds like I'm doing it just to get the plugs in, but the other thing Joe Staley said is that the Rams' secondary – they're not physical. They pretend to be physical. They talk about being physical, but they're not. And Kyle knows it. And so he just runs everything to the edge. And he's like, I want to make these guys tackle. And they really don't. And they haven't in these games against the Rams. The Niners in the two games this season against L.A., 75 carries for 291 yards. That's absurd. And that's Kyle attacking the edges of the defense. And I think he's going to do it again this week.
1: I love nothing more than Mike Evans uh, scoring that long touchdown on Jalen Ramsey. Oh. Because all he does is talk, dude. And then in the biggest game like of your season so far, literally you should have lost because of Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it would have been for many things, but how are you going to let Mike Evans do that to you when you always say you're the best cornerback and you make fun of everybody else in the league and make fun of quarterbacks? Like that's embarrassing for you. And I'm just I just loved every part of it.
0: He got ab- I mean, that is a straight go route. Like, no, it wasn't a double move or anything like that. It's the situation where that's the only thing you can't allow if you're the Rams defense is a deep touchdown. And I I liked the call by L.A. Like, hey, this is why we got you. We're putting you on this island to lock down their best player. And Brady drops it. I mean, Brady, like, never misses that throw. Huge spot, big opportunity, open guy. And Brady drops it right in the bucket for a 55-yard touchdown. You're right. I did enjoy that. Anytime Jalen Ramsey gets beat, I generally enjoy
1: it. I really didn't want the Bucks and 40 or and Tom Brady to win at all. But that play, I was like, right, okay, I'll take, and it's so funny because it was Scotty Miller was the reason why they yeah. were so like, they were like, you know what, Rams, you have to just cover Mike Evans alone because we need to make sure we have Scotty Miller covered covered. And that's just hilarious to me. It's like, they got, if that's how far into your head, you're going to get Rams. Come on. Like you gotta guard Mike Evans, the best wide receiver on the field. Uh, well, no Cooper cup was, but you know what I'm saying for the Buccaneers, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, if do that with Debo Samuel, like Debo Samuel will out physical Jalen Ramsey. Give him a shot. I know they're running him like crazy, but he needs to be utilized more as a pass or as a receiver as well. In this I game. I agree
0: with you. Like the Debo is at his best when he's doing both. I, you can't just use him as a running back. I mean, he had 1400 receiving yards this year. Yeah. Like, that's It's not like, you know, he was just like a side hustle that he did. Like, no, he's a legit wide receiver. So I hope they do. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the props in this game. There are some fascinating prop bets. And there's one, it seems like there's one every week, Michelle, where it's screaming out for us to take it. And I get nervous every time that happens, but we'll tell you what that is when we come back, back here on the gold diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we have to do a little bit of rebounding because we had a tough week last week with the props, but I'm going to truck it up to the snow and the cold in green Bay. We, we took the big offer on the props, So that is not ideal. We crushed it Cowboys week so I feel like we're still at you know we're at even but we got to make up uh make it up a little bit this
1: week I mean unless you took the under on pretty much every single prop last week you didn't Mm -hmm. win on anything because even just with the snow it just it it felt like neither team on offense could do anything I mean it was just a weird game Devontae Adams had like 90 receiving yards in like 0.5 seconds and then somehow didn't hit his over of 95 (laughs) uh but yeah I that sucked bad week by me, but um, I'm going to throw it away and I'm going to kill it this week.
0: That's right. And you know what? Like you can, I can take some losses if the 49ers win that game. Like yeah. if they had lost, I would have been really mad. I just would add it to the disappointment, <laughs> but it's like they won. Okay, whatever. We got another shot at it next week. Let's make some money back.
1: Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about my bets last week. Normally I'm watching the 49ers and like really caring. And last week I was like, just win, just win. I don't care. Like I just, just stop the Packers and they got the win and that's all that mattered.
0: All right. So this week, right now, the spread as we record, this is Rams by three and a half, which I, as soon as I saw that number on Monday, I took the 49ers getting the points because I assumed it would come down. I'm actually a little surprised that it hasn't come down at all. It stayed right at three and a half the whole week.
1: I guess they're just giving them those points because they're at home, but is it really going to be a home game? It doesn't feel like it, like it's going to be filled with 49ers fans. Yeah. I would definitely take that plus three and a half getting points because even if they did lose this game, like I think it would come down to that last second field goal, which then you're getting three and a half. So you're going to win still.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, That number. I love the over under for the game is 45 and a half. Uh, I have no idea where to go on that one. <laughs> yeah, I Ryans, wouldn't even touch it. Like, D'Amico Ryan's could pitch a shutout this week. It's, you know, so I don't know. I don't know if I would touch that one, but there are a ton of really interesting props in this one. What's your most confident prop this week?
1: I like couldn't believe it when I saw the line. And I know every time I say this, like, <laughs> Vegas is always right. So it's very irritating, but they have Cam Akers at 63 and a half rush yards. I am smashing that under, I mean, I bring it up every week. The 49ers have been dominant against the run. They haven't allowed a running back to have over 60 rushing yards since week 10. Again, I'll say it for the hundredth time. That was Travis Homer. He had 73 of his 80 yards on a fake punt. So they haven't allowed a guy to have over 60 rush yards since week 10 and really week nine. And Cam Akers, I mean, they're trying here, right? Sean McVay is trying to get him back into this thing. I don't know why he's pushing him so hard. He just tore his Achilles in July. It's, it's a miracle he's out there. And I know people are pumped for that. Like People are so excited he's back and they're just giving him all this praise. But it's like, yeah, he looks good, but he looks good for a guy that just tore his Achilles, right? right. Like he, he, 17 carries for 55 yards in the wildcard game, 3.2 yards per carry. He wanted to hit the over there and he had 17 carries last week, 24 carries for 48 yards. I mean, almost impossible to do. It's two yards per carry. I know the Buccaneers have a great run defense, but so do the 49ers. Like they're just as good as the Buccaneers right now against the run. And he had two massive fumbles last week. Massive, like game changing fumbles. You can't have those. I can't imagine. I know Sean McVay wanted to put the ball right back in his hands after the first fumble, but after he did it twice, Sony Michelle is doing his thing at the end of the year. I don't know why all of a sudden they're trying to make him get 20 carries a game. He just tore his Achilles. It makes no sense. But I, I think Sony Michelle has to be more involved in this game. I, I can't imagine Cam Akers is the dude that comes in and puts up 60 yards against the 49ers defense when no one's doing it.
0: It is going to be crucial that the 49ers do stop the Rams rushing game because that is how they are set up. They want to stop the run game, make you one dimensional and get pressure with that front four and hopefully set you up in third and long situations. I agree since Eric Armstead has moved inside like he has been better than Javon Kinlaw ever has been and he is they are shutting down the opposing run game. And it's been a huge, huge part of their defensive surge here that they have made. That jumped out to me, too. The first thing I wrote down was Cam Akers under 63 and a half. I I just don't see it. And I think the Niners are going to be going for the strip on him, too, because I think that maybe they're, you know, it might be in his head a little bit. And I agree. The guy just tore his Achilles. You're telling me that he's your best shot? Like, that's the guy you think you need to make your bell cow? It doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. Sean McVay wants to run the ball he's as conservative as Kyle Shanahan, maybe even more so like he puckers up. And I think he kept giving it to cam Akers last week because he was nervous about Brady coming back and he's trying to kill the clock. It just didn't yeah. work. Cause he, he didn't hold on to the damn ball. I love cam Akers under the 63 and a half. You and I are on the same page on that.
1: I just assumed that they'd have his line in the forties somewhere. So yeah. I wasn't even really looking at it. And then I saw it later on. I was like, Oh my goodness. And. Yeah, if he hits this over, I will be so shocked. But, you know, Vegas is Vegas is Vegas. So he'll have like 100 rush yards.
0: He'll break off a 64 (laughs) yard run and then he will will not do anything the rest of the game. And he'll correct the over. All right. uh, What is prop number two for you this week in the conference championship?
1: All right. I'll go with Elijah Mitchell, but I'm going to take his rush attempts instead of his rush yards. They have it at 17.5 rush attempts. I'm going to take that over. He had 17 last week. He didn't hit that. But he he had over 20 attempts in uh, each of the previous seven games. Uh, No, six games. Sorry. But I I think he easily hits this again. Devo did have 10 carries last week. He had 10 carries the week before. But like I said, last week was such a weird game. Throwing it out, I think he easily has... 18 rush attempts. They could try to give him over 20. I don't know how efficient he will be. That's why I don't feel thrilled to take his over in rushing yards, but it is low, right? They only have him at 69 and a half rushing yards. I think he can hit that over and he probably will, but I feel a lot more confident about the temps instead of going for those yards.
0: We say it every week, but that's the game plan for the 49ers. The 49ers want Elijah Mitchell to have 25 attempts. So to be at 17 and a half, I agree with you. That seemed like a kind of a sure bet to me. He hasn't been super great. He's nursing a knee injury. He didn't practice early in the week. He was limited on Thursday. So he's clearly not 100%. I Actually, you know, I know he's done a great job filling in. He hasn't been, like, super efficient when it comes to rush yards. Um, But I do think he's going to get the carries. That's the path that the 49ers want to take here. They want to get him the ball. They want to get Debo the ball. Again, I said it earlier, they've run 75 times in the two games they've played the Rams this season. They know what they want to do on offense, and it involves running the ball and controlling the clock. And I like taking the attempts, the over on attempts, rather than yards, because they're going to keep giving it to him, even if he gets stuffed a few times. It's not going to change, and he's the only running back that Kyle Shanahan uses when he is healthy. He doesn't use Trey Sermon. Jeff Wilson's banged up also. Jermichael Hasty doesn't get carries. It's Elijah Mitchell or it's Debo, and that's it.
1: Yep. I mean, 27 carries in week 10 against the Rams, 21 carries in week nine. Not great efficiency in those games, but like you said, I don't really think Shanahan cares all that much. He's going to keep feeding him. Can I tell you a fun little note about Mitchell? Of course. So Mitchell's 88 rushing yards away from 1,200 yards, right on the ground. He'd be just the third player over the last 30 seasons to be drafted in the sixth round or later and have 1,200 rushing yards in his rookie season, including the playoffs. Now, the other two guys, were Mike Anderson with the Broncos in 2000 and Alfred Morris with Hmm. Washington in 2012. So when Anderson did it, his head coach was Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's dad. And when Alfred Morris did it, you know, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for Washington. So all three players to do it in the last 30 seasons would be under a Shanahan, which I just think is crazy.
0: That is fantastic. And I am dreaming next year if they can figure out a way to make it work, I would love to see a tandem backfield with Raheem Moster and Elijah Mitchell. Like, yes, please sign me up for that. Moster's a free agent, plus he's coming off injuries, so who knows? And I know I'm getting way, way ahead of myself, but I do think about those things sometimes. Okay, so we have Cam Akers under 63 and a half, Elijah Mitchell over 17 and a half attempts. Let's get into some of the receiving props now, because there's some juicy bets here too. The first one I just want to say, I am just want to get it out of the way right now. Cooper Cup. Over, under 101 and a half yards. Take the over. Take the over. He's going to get it. He gets it every time against the 49ers. The amazing thing is it hasn't really mattered, but he had over 100 yards in both matchups against the Niners this week or this year, rather. I don't think there's any way they stop him because even if they put their best corner on him, which is Emmanuel Mosley, he's still going to get the ball. I know it's a high number. But everybody that's had a high number against the 49ers this year pretty much has reached it. So I think Cup's going to hit the over.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I was going to bet on this, I'm taking the over. And to be fair, it's not just against the 49ers, right? Cooper Cup has hit 100 yards in like every game this year. If he didn't hit it, he's somewhere in the 90s. Like he comes close. I would never bet the under on Cooper Cup. It is high, right? Like one-on-one, that's a very high high number to bet for. But yeah, he likely gets it. And like you said, it doesn't really matter because he's done it against the 49ers and the 49ers still beat them. They just have to control the rest of the guys. You can let Cooper Cup go off. You can't let OBJ and Van Jefferson or Tyler Higbee go off as well.
0: Okay, what out of the receiving props stood out to you?
1: So I'm going to take Jawan Jennings over 25 and a half receiving yards. I think Ooh. that's that's low for him, right? As of late, I am throwing away last game. I'm just throwing away that game completely. He only had six receiving yards. I don't I don't really care. But since week 14 and games he played with Jimmy Garoppolo, these are his targets: five, six, five, seven, five. Last week he only had two. But again, I'm throwing that away. He hit the over 25 and a half receiving yards in all of those games besides last week. He had his career high receiving yards against the Rams in week 18 with 94. So I I think he can easily hit this 26 receiving yards, especially like if he's going to get five or six or seven targets, like he's going to hit over 20. Like it's not hard to get 26 receiving yards. So I feel pretty confident about this one.
0: He has become their third down target. They love him on third down and they actually like him on the little out routes, you know, going towards the sideline, which is crazy because Jimmy Garoppolo almost never throws there. But they seem to have found a little something with him on that play. And he has sort of stepped into that Kendrick Bourne role last year, a big target, physical guy, third down, red zone, can move the chains and, and score touchdowns. I like again those low numbers, they always seduce me. I just I'm always like, yeah, you know, he could get that on one catch or two catches. Like it's it's so tempting to me when I see a low number like that. But I like that one because you know, people are gonna focus on IUK and Debo and stuff. And we look at those guys too. But Jennings at 25 and a half, I think there's good value there.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And then the the next guy, I am going to go back to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I picked him last week and he had zero receiving yards. That That was a killer throwing that away it's it's gonna be fine i mean before last week Ayuk was the leading receiver for the 49ers since week nine so i'm going back to him they have his over at just 48 and a half receiving yards Uh, i think that's super low for him they also have his over at three and a half receptions which i'm also happy to take but the odds for that are not fantastic. You're not going to win a lot of money on the reception, so I'm going to take the receiving yards. Uh, The Rams have allowed multiple players to have 50-plus receiving yards in every single game since week seven besides one game. That was a wild card week. Just Kyler Murray had nothing going. They only allowed Christian Kirk to have over 50 yards. But, they, I mean, history says as of late that they're going to allow multiple guys to have over 50 receiving yards, and if that's the case, I think Ayuk will be one of those guys. Right. Uh, So I I feel good about this. He hit over 50 receiving yards in each of his three games before last week. uh, 107 yards against the Rams in week 18. He should have 50 receiving yards.
0: I think he could hit this over in the first half, to be honest with you. I mean, he he, if he gets three catches, he may hit this over right there. Like, so I I really think that he's going to have a good game. He's he's great after the catch as well. Like I know Debo gets a lot of praise because he breaks tackles. Ayuk breaks tackles too. He just doesn't run through people, but he is very, very good after the catch. I agree. I think he is their real number one receiving target. Like they have flipped Debo. He is primarily a running back right now, which is frustrating at times. But I think Ayuk is going to hit the over at 48 and a half and Kittles is 52 and a half. That's really tempting for me because the Rams weakness is the middle of the field. They are not strong in the linebacking core. And I know that they're going to, you know, do everything they can to stop Kittle. The only thing I think that will hold Kittle back in this one is if the Niners use him in pass protection because Trent Williams is banged up. We don't know if he's going to play. If Trent Williams doesn't play, then forget the Kittle over because I think they'll just use him primarily as a pass blocker. Um, That is the only thing. Trent didn't
1: play in week 18 and Kittle did pretty much nothing.
0: Yeah. So that. It's something to keep an eye on there but if if trent is there i think kittle will go off in this game i mean it's that's exactly where jimmy garoppolo lives the middle of the field that's where he does like 90 percent of his work i like when a strength of one team matches up with a weakness of another that's generally when you get good results so i'll keep an eye on the trent williams injury he says he's going to play he basically told kyle shanahan like he's playing and you're not going to stop trent williams from playing if he wants to get out there so Hopefully he plays and hopefully Kittle can go off because, and I can't believe I'm saying this, George Kittle does not have a playoff touchdown in his career, which is <laughs> wild considering like he's played a few playoff games now. How about we get one of those, whatever that play was to Kittle last week, dial that thing up again because I don't think he's dropping it two weeks in a row.
1: Oh yeah, he won't drop another ball. I mean, that sideline catch, that was him saying, I'm not dropping another ball ever again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, if a ball comes my way, I'm catching it. I trust Kittle like... That's why we're all so shocked, right? Because he doesn't drop balls. So when he drops a ball right in his hands, we're like, wow, that's just, I, that's when I was like, okay, this game's not going to go the 49ers away when George <laughs> Kittle is dropping a ball, but they came back, they, they got it under control. But yeah, I don't, I would never bet on Kittle getting a touchdown just in the regular season or postseason. but yeah, get him the damn ball, utilize him in that red zone. Uh, it's, it is a shocker. I mean, they just don't utilize him enough overall as a pass catcher. Last week was his best playoff game in his career. Let's, let's keep using him.
0: I still continue to say as good as it is, blocking is the second best thing that George Kittle does. And I know that it's, you know, it's tempting, but use him as a weapon that he is, by the way, I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo living over the field in this one in two games against the Rams this year. He is 30 of 36 on passes over the middle like oh wow, that, that is his bread and butter in this game um are there any other props that you want to mention
1: no those were really all the ones i didn't like these ones were hard this week because it's so hard to know you know who jalen ramsey's going to be on but i i the 49ers move everyone all over the place so that's why i still felt good at with going with jennings and Ayuk, and then with the the Rams, they have so many weapons, but like it's like Cooper Cup. And then another guy will do well, but it could be OBJ. It could be Van Jefferson. It could be Tyler Higbee. They kind of switched games. So I didn't feel safe taking any of those guys besides Cooper Cup. If I was going to bet on one of them, you, of course, bet on Cup. I
0: don't want to make these like official bets, but I did see some fun things. First of all, Jimmy Garoppolo's attempts is still at 30 and a half. I don't understand this. There is no universe where Kyle Shanahan wants Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball that many times. He'll hand it to Debo. He'll hand it to Mitchell. We've seen him hand it to George Kittle for God's sakes. That is a terrifying scenario for Kyle if Jimmy has to throw that much. I would Seriously, consider that under your odds are not great, like you're not gonna, you know, pay off your mortgage if you hit the bet. But to me, it's like nobody ever went broke taking a profit. You know, I'll take a, a little bet there and make some money. A couple other interesting ones I saw that I think DraftKings is sort of having a little fun for the conference championship game. <laughs> Debo Samuel is plus 700 to have a rushing and a receiving touchdown. That is crazy tempting for me just because the number is so so high
1: that's how they get you though right like that's really hard to do that's really hard to do that's why the odds are so high and you're going to get paid out if it happens i'm not going like i would only put five bucks on it like i like i would not put a lot of money on that but that's just like a fun little thing you put on and you want a decent amount of money back for five bucks um but Yeah, this is how they get you because they put those little fun things out there that are really Mm -hmm. hard to do. Like the I used to do first time touchdown score because the odds were so high. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) like if you hit this, it's like you never hit it. It never happens. But yeah, Devo could have a rushing and receiving touchdown. It has gone down now to plus 700. So clearly lots of people are taking it.
0: They I mean, that's what they want to do. Ideally, like here's how that goes in my head. He gets a rushing touchdown because like when they get down in the red zone, you can guarantee every red zone trip. The 49ers have, he's going to get at least one handoff. Like I, you can, I would love to be able to make that bet because you can book that right now. So he's going to have the opportunity for the rushing touchdown. And then I think you can steal a receiving touchdown on like a screen pass. I could easily see that happening to see, like I'm talking myself into it right now. Like I'm going to go <laughs> make it this bet as soon as yeah. we're done. It's so, so tempting. Um, And the other one I saw is anytime touchdown scorer, Juwan Jennings, plus 360. He is one of the Niners' big red zone targets. And Debo's going to get a ton of attention down there. Kittle's going to get attention down there. Like, if they get down there and they do throw the ball, I think Jennings is definitely high on the list of priorities for Jimmy Garoppolo. And at plus 360, like, I think that might be worth throwing a little money down on.
1: Yeah, I don't love it. If I was going to take one of those guys, kind of with the same odds, there it's Sony Michelle anytime touchdown score at plus three hundred, just because, like I mentioned with Cam Akers, he had two massive fumbles in big situations, and when they get down to the goal line, they have been kind of like uh, putting in Sony Michelle. Matthew Stafford has stolen two rushing touchdowns at like the one inch line over the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks but i think sony michelle can get in for a touchdown here. i think he's he's going to be the guy around the goal line instead of akers. Uh, so i like those odds seem pretty nice to me for any time touchdown score.
0: The other thing that i and i tried to confirm this and i didn't and it's a bad job out of me. I mentioned it to you hoping you would do my job for me. <laughs> the over under for Matthew Stafford passing yards in this game is 279 and a half. The 49ers defense has been on an incredible run. I think it's like 14 out of 16 weeks or something like that they have held opposing quarterbacks to under whatever their proposed passing yardage total was. 279, I could easily see Stafford getting it in this game, but then when I hear that prop and I see that the run that the 49ers defense is on, I'm tempted, but I don't think I'm ultimately going to go there, but I just did want to let people know, just sort of give D'Amico Ryan's crazy praise, he is even beating the Vegas numbers in addition to opposing offenses.
1: I mean, Stafford's only averaging 240 against the 49ers this year, so that's it's a lot of space there between 240 and 2. What you say 279? Yep, yeah, I, I was going to bet this, I'm taking the under for sure. Um, I actually feel pretty good about that, yeah, I would take the under,
0: especially when you consider the Niners want to run the ball, they want to drain the hell out of that clock. That's, You know, in a perfect world,
1: uh, Stafford's interceptions, because he hasn't thrown an interception yet in this playoffs. And I think one's coming this week. What do they have him at?
0: Which is crazy, because there was like a time during this end of the season run where people really were starting to question Matthew Stafford.
1: He had a ton of interceptions in the regular season.
0: He led the league in pick sixes. His over under for interceptions is still 0.5. Same as Jimmy Garoppolo. Honestly, I would bet that the over on Garoppolo interceptions, he's done it every single playoff game this year. I feel like he throws the ball in the middle of the field so much. There's just so many damn people around all the time that usually somebody catches it. His balls don't usually hit the ground. Somebody's catching it. I'm taking
1: Stafford over hard. His odds are better. Is it minus 110? You actually get some, like... You're not losing as much money on your bet as you are if you take the Garoppolo over. I think Stafford throws an interception in this game. I don't think he goes three games in a row without one. And the 49ers have been been killing it lately with those turnovers. I I think Stafford gets rattled back there. Um, If they can get pressured without sending too many guys, he's going to throw an interception.
0: In the first game against the 49ers in uh, Levi's Stadium, Stafford had the early pick on the deep ball, and then he threw another pick six interception when he was trying to throw a screen pass that Kaywan Williams took to the house. In the second game against the 49ers, he threw two interceptions, including yep. the one that lost the game to Ambry Thomas, where he was trying to go deep to Odell Beckham Jr. So they, the Niners D has sort of had Stafford's numbers a little bit, and I expect, Michelle, 100%, there's going to come a point in this game where Matthew Stafford drops back and he just decides, screw it. I'm chucking this thing deep. It might go for a touchdown. I'm willing to admit that. But it also may be a situation where there's two guys back there for the 49ers and somebody makes the pick. But he is definitely going to give them a chance for sure. You're, man, you are going to, you're tempting me into a lot of things this week,
1: Michelle. I, I want the Stafford interception pretty bad. Like I, I feel good about it when teams don't blitz him. He's thrown 16 interceptions, uh, not against the blitz um that's a lot uh, mm. led the intercept or led the nfl and then the 49ers they just know how to play against them they only blitzed him at 12.5 percent of dropbacks in the two games against the Rams. like they know what to do they're going to get in Stafford's heads he's going to make some errors uh, he'll have some big plays too right he's going to find cooper cup he's going to have some touchdowns but he's going to make mistakes i feel very strongly with this bet i feel good
0: Vegas has his longest completion at 39 and a half, which is crazy. I am not touching that any, in any way, even Jimmy Garoppolo's is 36 and a half. So I guess they're expecting some big plays either way, but, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that over with Stafford, but he's going to try. I will say that. Um, so, Okay. I want you to know that so far, every single member of the Niners nation podcast network has taken the 49ers to win in this game. Michelle, my official prediction that I made on the gold standard podcast yesterday was 49ers 27 Rams 20. What is your official on the record Niners nation score prediction for this game?
1: Okay. I was not prepared, but I'm going to go with 49ers 24 Rams 20. 24-20. 24-20, 2420.
0: 2420. That is the exact same score that Levin took, and the exact same score that Akash on Varathan took. <laughs> so feel good about that. Last okay. time Akash and Levin guessed the same score, it was actually correct, which Levin will never let me hear the end of as if he deserves some giant pat on the back for, you know, hitting the lottery. But 2420 is a very popular pick. That's going to go on the official graphic that I am making, which is the only reason I asked you for your score prediction, because usually I don't, but I want to make a nice fancy graphic, so I need to have everybody's uh, everybody's numbers on there.
1: I'm, I might go with 24-17. I feel like... 17. No, yeah, I'll stick with 24-20.
0: <laughs> I mean, Garoppolo, here's, here's what could bite you on that. Garoppolo could throw a pick six. So even if D'Amico Ryan's defense doesn't give it up, that is the... Oh, my God. He's such a wild card. Jimmy is such a freaking wild card. As the saying has gone with the 49ers this season, they can beat anybody, including themselves. And it's gonna be his fault. If they, if they lose, it's gonna be his fault. Do you agree with that?
1: Yes, 100%, I, I do. I do agree with that. They need to get the run game going, obviously. Like like you mentioned, Mitchell hasn't looked that great. And he made mis- some mistakes last week. I felt like he wasn't following his blockers as the best he could be. Um, so Mitchell needs to get his head on straight as well. I understand he's dealing with an injury, but yeah, Jimmy Grapple just needs to not turn over the ball. That's it. Just, just keep, just be safe. Just be safe. Throw away the ball. Sometimes like you just said, he doesn't ever want to do it. Hopefully he could do it in this game. Just be safe with the ball. Cause that's really the only way I think the Rams end up winning.
0: So you think when we do the instant reaction podcast on Sunday night, that we're going to be celebrating A 49ers Super Bowl berth, which would be their second Super Bowl berth in the last three years.
1: Yes, I I do think so. And next week on the pod, I will be popping some champagne.
0: Oh, yeah. I like it. (laughs) I am absolutely here for that. By the way, if the Niners do win, Kyle Shanahan would become the fifth individual in NFL history to appear in two Super Bowls in their first five seasons as an NFL head coach, which is an insane, ridiculous stat. When you consider that he is not over 500 as a head coach in his career, it is the weirdest dichotomy I can think of. They just, when he's been bad in the regular season, he's been really bad. But in the playoffs, man, they he reaches another level and it could be two Super Bowls in three years.
1: I have a better note for you. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could be just the fifth quarterback to make multiple Super Bowls before their 50th regular season start. Uh, and he would join Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady and Kurt Warner.
0: <laughs> One of those things is not like the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just hilarious, A uh, hilarious note that we threw in our research packet this week for NFL Network, but it made us all giggle.
0: Wait, you're not implying that Jimmy Garoppolo is getting credit for a group project where he did none of the work, are you?
1: You would never, 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 that. never would I ever know that would just be so rude
0: right it'd be a personal attack on jimmy Garoppolo to point out the actual facts of the situation all right so here we are that's it that's where you can place your bets again uh just to recap you have cam Akers under 63 and a half rushing yards elijah mitchell over 17 and a half attempts brandon Ayuk over 48 and a half receiving yards and over the three and a half catches
1: yeah if you want to you're not going to make much money off of that but
0: right and then the Juwan Jennings over 25 and a half receiving yards. Those are the official yep. gold diggers. and
1: Matthew Stafford over 0.5 interceptions. I want that oh, one. Oh, that's in there. the
0: official one. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. If we need to take out Cam or uh, if we need to take out what was that? Brandon Ayuk three and a half receptions. I'm oh, throwing no, in not- Matthew Stafford.
0: We're not taking anything out. We're loading up here. Now's the time to pile on more. We're doing more podcasts, more shows, which, by the way, there's another podcast coming out tomorrow, the crossover podcast that we're doing. I'm going to talk with Kenny Arthur of Turf Show Times just to kind of get a little Rams breakdown from somebody that actually covers them. So there's still plenty more to go this week. Michelle, I thank you very much. Get ready. I know you have to work during the game, which has got to be just like double stressful for you at NFL Network. How are you going to deal with that?
1: I know I can't even have a drink. Sucks. Like <laughs> at least at least I had drinks to calm my nerves last week and that didn't even really calm them. So I'm going to have to go through this um sober. That sucks. Uh but yeah, I'm so excited to watch this game. Just good luck to everyone. You're gonna kill it. This is gonna be so much fun. And just live it up.
0: Remember to join us on the Niners Nation YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. After the game, win, lose, or draw, we will be there for the Instant Reaction Show. Hopefully, we're having a party. Either way, there will be plenty of alcohol. I will be drinking. I can definitely promise you that. (laughs) And I I just, we could be in the Super Bowl again. It is so exciting. We thank everybody for all the support. Michelle, I thank you for hopping on and becoming an unofficial 49ers fan. We're happy to have you again. Keep it up, please. And hopefully we come back next week and we are doing Super Bowl props that involve the 49ers.
1: Yep, I'll be popping bottles next week. (laughs) Bye, y'all.